would you like to give a shout out to your dad for my new show? Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, dad, keep flying high. Love ya. G'day, dad. G'day to my old man. G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Who is in heaven? Hi, dad. Do you want to say hi to your dad? Hi, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Thanks for everything, dad. Hi, dad. Hello, pop. Happy birthday, dad. Hi, dad. How's it going, dad? Thanks, dad. Hello, papa. Oi, Javi, old bastard. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I, I love you. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hi, dad. Where the hell are you? G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Hola. Ni hao. Bonjour. Maraba. And a cheerful welcome to another hour of Father Figures on Sin Nation. I went a little international with my hellos tonight, and they all sound quite different, those uh, four languages. But what's interesting is now I'll say dad in those four languages. Papa, papa, baba, baba. So that's Spanish, Mandarin, French and Turkish translation of dad. Excusing my uh, uncultured accent, it does seem that with all the different languages of the world, when it comes to saying dad, they're all pretty similar. And you know what? I like that because there are hundreds of millions of fathers in the world and it's nice that wherever you are in the world, dad sounds familiar. So I'm Victor and this is the show all about different dads, dad stuff, dad jokes, dad tracks, dad facts, dad sayings, dad fashion, and yeah, dads. And guess what? Father Figures has a little special announcement for all you wonderful listeners tonight. Because this is the sixth episode, I thought I was going to be celebrating being halfway through the season, but no, it's even better than that. Father Figures is going to have an extra show. That's right, I'll be doing a Father's Day special right here on Sin Nation. Father's Day is a little under two weeks away, and I'll be jumping on the airwaves that Sunday night at some stage. Keep a lookout on the Facebook page for more details, facebook.com slash figures. So if you are planning on celebrating Father's Day with your dad, why not enjoy an hour of Father Figures with him? We'll be talking all about Father's Day, the gifts you buy, why we celebrate it, an extended look at all the advertising that surrounds Father's Day, Father's Day activities, all our usual segments, and great dad music, which might focus on dads singing duets with their kids. There are plenty of families with strong musical genes. Did someone say Billy Ray and Miley Cyrus? Uh, and hopefully there'll be a special guest coming on too, so I just can't wait for that special. And if you didn't need any more incentive, keep following the show and you won't forget about spoiling your dad on Father's Day this year. So before we kick off, I'd just quickly like to mention I uploaded the full interview from one of the dads on last week's show, uh, which was about addicted dads. I think it's definitely worth checking out. And with this show, it is hard to fit everything into an hour, so I thought I'd put uh, the up- upload it as a bit of bonus content for everyone. It, it's Paul's story about his battles with alcoholism, becoming sober and being a father. And he really does not hold back in this interview. It's a it's a tell-all um, chat with him and you can check that out and last week's show um, just by searching Father Figures on iTunes, sin.org.au or Facebook. I'm also yet to receive my first iTunes review and at this stage I'll probably take a negative one. So go on, tell me how much you love the show, hate the show or you know just what your dad ate for breakfast. 
let's focus on tonight's episode. So our theme, our spotlight, our business tonight is all about stay-at-home dads. If you remember back two weeks ago to episode four, we looked at working dads. Well, tonight's almost the flip side. If you missed that episode, I'd recommend checking the podcast out after tonight. I think both these themes are really interesting in taking a look at at different family dynamics and how and why they can differ. And funnily enough, the fathers on my Working Dads episode said they would love to be able to try being stay-at-home dads. I must divulge that when I say Working Dads, by no means, and by no means are stay-at-home dads not Working Dads. They, I guess they arguably have the tougher job. Um, our previous episode just referred to working dads as the breadwinners or you know, working in a job to earn money. But stay-at-home dads do work very hard and they don't get paid. I've learnt to chatting with three of them tonight. I've learnt that. And uh, we talk about their challenges, their highs, their lows, what they actually do, the stigma behind it and how they stop themselves from going insane. Plus, I phoned Jennifer Baxter from the Australian Institute of Family Studies about her research surrounding the number of Australian stay-at-home dads. Let's get into the news. Your TV program, My Life is Paid. I can make a fresh start. Thank you. Dad news! Dad news! Time for Dads in the News. Firstly, I'm rehashing some old news, which is actually closer to gossip, but it's interesting and it's my show, so I can. So cult comedian, professional wrestler, actor and writer Andy Kaufman could still be alive. Yes, his death certificate says he died in 1985 when he was 35, But rumours have constantly been circulating that Andy faked his own death to become a stay-at-home dad. And I guess on this one, having a look, there's just so much information on it, it's almost hard to fathom. But Kaufman had often spoke of faking his own death, and in 2013, his brother claimed he was alive. He said he found an essay his brother wrote about faking his death, and that he would reappear at a restaurant 15 years later. His brother brought his so-called daughter on stage uh, at a comedy award night celebrating Andy Kaufman and uh, he revealed all, but later on the daughter was actually shown to be an actor. Um, So maybe that squashes that claim. But furthermore, his best friend and writer Bob Zmuda wrote a book claiming Kaufman is still alive. He said it can't be a coincidence he died so suddenly of cancer rambling that it was all too perfect for the comedian who loved to hoax people. Uh, He even said he worked on the idea with Andy Kaufman. Uh, His close companion still has no proof, though, you know, as he waits for Kaufman to reappear. So he was actually meant to resurface 30 years after faking his death, according to Bob Smooter, but there's still no sign of him 32 years later. And maybe that's why Bob Smooter wrote, has broken his silence and wrote the book, uh, because his best friend didn't hold up the bargain and return after 30 years. But according to the book, Kaufman found a stunt double who was really dying of cancer and basically, yeah, swapped places with him. It's pretty outrageous, and and maybe Bob Zmuda just wants some publicity for his book. It it does seem a bit fishy to me. And, you know, like rumours surrounding other celebrities who are still alive, such as Tupac, it's just so hard to believe. But it is nice to think that he faked his death to get out of the spotlight and become a stay-at-home dad. 
Uh, and moving on, there's a group of dads in American school making a difference, and they founded a group, and I just love their name, called Delta Alpha Delta. So basically, they're a bunch of dads who are giving back to their kids' school. They've been moving furniture, doing repairs, keeping the campus clean, and even hosting a movie night. And the group's grown. It was five dads, and now they're up to 40, and they've just secured a $78,000 grant to build a new classroom. Great name, great organisation, and great dads returning the favour to their kids' school. And in sport, arguably one of the most anticipated boxing fights this century is happening on Sunday, and it's between two dads. That's right, recent dad Conor McGregor is fighting dad of four kids, Floyd Mayweather. The fighters are both expected to make around $100 million for the fight, and ringside tickets cost a record $100,000. Uh, and so at this stage, the trash talking is, is seriously probably the most exciting aspect, um, but due to colourful language, I won't play any of the dad's trash talking, but I can tell you neither fighter has been holding back. Uh, I'd say Floyd Mayweather is probably not the best dad. He's had domestic violence charges and his son publicly came out and called him a coward. But at this stage, Conor McGregor can't be faulted um, as a dad. And who doesn't love the Irish accent? So let's have a listen to him talking about becoming a dad, aired by MMA Weekly. I'm in awe of my little son. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm looking at him and I'm like... We, the other day we were comparing pictures side by side of when I was that age and he was that age and we're identical and I'm like yes because we're like he's gonna look exactly like me and he has my name and he's carrying my you know it's it's a legacy so I'm just in awe of my little man as far as how it's made me as a fighter it certainly made me more focused more disciplined I must be disciplined I can't slack off I can't float around and do what I used to do I must train recover go home look after my boy rest, train again, and, and it's just, it just keeps life more structured for me. So it's actually helped me as a, as a fighter uh, and as a man uh, with, with business and with training. Everything is more structured, and that's the way it should be. That's the key to get to the high, high level. You must have structure. So um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been eye-opening and amazing, and he's only three months. So, that, you know, there's so much good times ahead. So we're very, very happy, very proud, myself and Dad. Life is good. Life is so, so good. He, uh, after this fight, he'll certainly have enough money to look after his kid and he could probably retire and become a stay-at-home dad any time he wants. So, what a segue. I'm certainly getting better at them. Uh, we'll look at stay-at-home dads right after our first dad diddy. This is coming from Family Band, which consists of three brothers, a cousin and a friend, and managed by the three brothers' dads. Any ideas? Uh, this is Beach Boys with I'm Bugged at My Old Man, which Brian Wilson actually wrote about his alcoholic and abusive father. And the song was from the album Summer Days and Summer Nights, uh, but it was later removed from the track list when the album was reissued as California Girls. And on the back cover uh, notes, the listed lead vocalist says, too embarrassed. So it's probably not the best Beach Boys track, but enjoy. Hello, this is Sin National Radio. I'm Cedric. I'm age 92, and I'm Victor's dad's dad. I'm bugged at my old man Cause he's making me stay in my room Darn my dad Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au 
or listen on your digital radio. I'm budget my old man And he doesn't even know where it's at That was Beach Boys with I'm Bugged at My Old Man and very nice falsetto there. And your back and your ears are on Fada Figures on Sin Nation. Now it's time to begin our look at this week's theme, stay-at-home dads. So stay-at-home dads are still a minority. There's no uh, lying and there's probably some stigma around them that still exists. And tonight we're going to be focusing on mainly full-time stay-at-home dads, but I think we should remember that some dads whilst not permanently staying at home, are taking great involvement in their kids' upbringings. So it's not always one parent's job to work for money whilst the other does the work at home. Actually, recently, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg said he's gearing up to take his second paternity leave. He doesn't want to compromise spending time at home with his kids. And Facebook employees can all take up to four months' parental leave, no matter what gender. So there are changes, albeit slowly. Uh, Let's have a look at some numbers to try and gauge an idea of how many stay-at-home dads there are in Australia. So the Australian Institute of Family Studies used the 2011 census data and found that only 4% of two-parent families have permanent stay-at-home dads who aren't working. So 4% in Australia, it's not many, uh, compared to stay-at-home mums making up 31%. But there is a missing number. So according to this data, only 35% of two-parent families have stay-at-home parents. Therefore, it's probably it's more common for both parents to be working. Uh, we'll get to that later on when I chat to a senior research fellow at the Australian Institute of Family Studies. Uh, stay-at-home dads are all going to be different, and furthermore, all families will be different. The dynamics will change to suit what works for them financially, emotionally, and, and how to best care for their kids. I think with financial burdens, lots of families can no longer live on one person's income and it could be healthy for both parents to understand and experience working and staying at home, caring for the children. If one parent is going to stay home, uh, there's still a gender pay gap between men and women. The annual Gender Equity Insight reports revealed the gap between men and women's salaries was still 23% in 2016. So, you know, financial decisions could lead to women taking more time off work. But, you know, on the flip side, I guess some dads might not be able to work or, you know, their partners would earn more money or would be more keen to work. So there's just a lot of factors going on. And I think another interesting study published three years ago in Psychological Science magazine found that parents' domestic actions spoke louder than words. So researchers looked at 326 children aged 7 to 13 years old and it was found that the fathers who were uh, helped with the household chores had daughters who aspired for less traditional and higher paying careers. So um, surely stay-at-home dads and dads who help out at home, you know, there's no way it can be a bad thing. So with all these studies and research, it's important to note they are all generalisations because something happens more often. It doesn't mean it's you know always the case with every family or every dad. So tonight I'll be speaking to three dads who, who probably aren't the norm and are, and are all spending time at home caring for their kids. Two are full-time stay-at-home dads and the other is part-time. So they all have similar outlooks, agreeing it can be lonely, hard, the stigmas are improving but still exist at and you need to take some time to focus on yourself. But at the end of the day, they 
all love it. And each interview is great, but due to time constraints, I've decided to include different questions for all three so we can get a different range. But I certainly learnt that being a stay-at-home dad is far from a walk in the park. Our first stay-at-home dad is Clint. He looks after four boys. Uh, His wife was more career-driven, and together they came to the decision that Clint would be the stay-at-home dad. After having their second boy, Clint stopped working part-time and became a permanent stay-at-home dad, and that's been going on for the last 12 years. He keeps himself busy blogging and writing, and his blog Reservoir Dad won an Australian Writers' Centre Award and was turned into a book with the same name. Listen to some of the best bits of our chat. I think there's 4% of heterosexual families in uh, Australia have a stay-at-home dad. So um, I guess, you know, it is, even in the modern society, it's still not that common. So I guess maybe some examples of any stigma that, you know, you've you've seen or you've personally... Yeah, firstly about that 4%, that came out of the Australian Institute of Family yeah. Studies and uh, that was a, not, not a really... Um, um, accurately um, discussed study. Um, the definition of what a stay-at-home father was in that study, I think, really reduces the sort of prevalence of... Like I think one of the things in that study was that they showed that I think it was uh, 61 or 62% of families had a mum and dad who both worked. So that shows how, you know, so you had um, 31% of families who had stay-at-home mums, full-time stay-at-home mums, Four percent, they said, had full-time stay-at-home dads. So, the sort of traditional family model where you have one parent at home and one parent out working only amounted to thirty-five percent of the total families they studied, um, which goes to show that that probably doesn't work in today's society. That something's shifted so that it's no longer a, a really good model, most likely because most people can't afford to live off one income. You know, so so the majority of the families out there have mum and dad who are both are sharing the at home and away from home work so i think that's really important because you know if you just like the most the newspaper said only four percent of families have a stay-at-home dad it, it sort of conveys in your mind that all oh, right so the rest of the families have yeah. a stay-at-home mum but that's not true like they're juggling all that stuff together so dads are doing a lot more at home and mums are doing a lot more away from home so so i don't think that's completely accurate but um some examples well there's one that's always i've always remembered um when I announced to work that I was going to um, quit work and go and be a stay-at-home dad, um, I've got the usual sort of stuff, you know, like, ah, you're under the thumb, the sort of ribbing stuff, which on its own is not too impactful. But then there was a meeting we had with a, a representative from another company, and I was in there with him and my team leader, and the team leader said, oh, yeah, Clint's uh, going to um, be a stay-at-home dad. And the guy said, oh, yeah, and he was a kind of a dismissive prick. And uh, he said, he sort of asked me about it. And I said, yeah, well, you know, Tanya's uh, career is going really well, so I'm going to give you time to focus on that, and I'm going to look after the kids. And he goes, oh, well, at least you know your place. And just sort of went back to the books. <sighs> and, I, it, you know, it's one of those things, George yeah. Costanza moments, where you look back on it and think, God, I've got so many things I could have said to that arsehole right now. But but I just let it I let it go, and I steamed a bit as we went through the meeting. So, yeah, it's um, so that, that was a direct one. But a lot of the time it comes through... It's a, an accumulation of small things. So you might have those things like, oh, I wish I could, you're so lucky, I wish I could go to the park all day with the kids, you know, which 
can be impactful because you know that you might be struggling. It's a really tough job, and there's the insinuation that it's just you know you laze around drinking coffee and watching TV and playing at the park all day. Um, so you know, and that comes from the stay-at-home role. I think has always been undervalued. People think that it's just a walk in the park. Um, but then you add that to walking down a supermarket aisle, you know, as a man um, through the baby aisle and seeing that there are all women looking off the packages of the, you know, nappies and formula and all that sort of stuff, and they're called Mum's Choice and things like this. And then you see ads on TV that show Dad stuffing something up at home and Mum coming in, rolling her eyes and saving the day with, you know, some sort of magic spray or something. And and so, and then you have the odd guy or odd person say, you know, you're lucky to have it so easy or something, insinuating that you're doing nothing but freeloading off your, your wife. And so it's an accumulation of all those little things over time that can really impact. And I, I think especially in a role like being a stay-at-home parent where it's very isolating. Like you probably don't realise how isolating it is until you do it. You're with kids who can't talk to you, babies. It's, you're hardly sleeping. Um, you're constantly focused on them. Like there's never a moment where you don't worry about what's going on when you've got a baby or a toddler. Um, and so you have those meltdown moments where you just think, shit, man, this is... I'm, I'm fucking hopeless at this. And then you start to buy into the stereotype that's just whispering at your time. You start thinking, shit, maybe they're right. Maybe women are much better at this, you know. Maybe I'm not meant to be doing this, you know. And so that could really wear you down, I think, mentally. Um, and it was good for me with blogging and Facebooking and all that came in around the time because I started to talk to other mums online, mostly. And they were saying all, they were saying all the same things that I was saying. I was, and it sort of clicked in my head. Oh shit! So this isn't anything to do about genders. This is to do with the role. It's a freaking. This is the. These are the downs, the ups and downs of the role, and everyone experiences them, whether they're a male or a female. So, so yeah, it's, it's a cumulative effect, but um, it really has an impact. I think it's it's never really. You talk to people. It's never really one thing that happens that makes them think. Shit, I can't do this. It's it's an accumulation. Mm. And what do your kids think of it? Do you, uh, are they at an age to talk about it? With oh you? yeah, Archie and Lewis are. So Archie's twelve and Lewis is ten. And yeah, there's been little points along the way where you can see it sort of clicked in their head that this isn't not quite the norm. Um, there's one story that Tanya tells when she's taking Archie to meet one of her. Um, uh, one of her mother's group's mums and she was saying, yeah, we're going over to Jack's house and Archie was like, you know, is Jack's mum going to be there? Yeah, is Jack's dad going to be there? And she said, oh no, Jack, Jack's going to, Jack's dad will probably be working. And there was a pause and Archie says, he was only about five at this stage, and Archie says, but mum, dads don't work, do they? <laughs> so, you know, but, but that's good because then that's brought up, we laugh about it and we start to have a conversation about that. Well, not, you know, it used to be this way that most of the time dads worked all the time and mum stayed at home. But, you know, so they've, they've always been really open to talking to them about it. I reckon it's really good because they start off from that little place of difference and then they get to start to ask, sort of, I think, teaches them to ask questions and not to accept things as, the way they are. So, yeah, but it's make, it makes no real difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest thing, obviously, is having... A, a stable base and the kids have got that whether mum's at work or dad's at work they've got this place they come back to every day where mum and dad obviously care about them put lots of time into them I think if kids have got that they're on the home run you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And any like funny or bad moments that have you've just clicked and got sick of sick of being a stay at home dad that jump out at you? Um, oh, it's probably a hundred in my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. What about uh, like a good any good moment that's made you you know feel like it's all worthwhile? Yeah. Yeah. One that always comes to mind is my is my second son Lewis. He started off as soon as he was born, basically, he's been this strong-willed, in brackets, stubborn <laughs> little kid, and it was a lot of work in the early days, and he'd throw tantrums, and, well, here's one that made me think I didn't want to be a stay-at-home dad anymore, involves Lewis. So we're at the supermarket, we're all there, Tanya, Archie, Lewis, and Tyson in a pram, and Tanya wanted to head off and do something in another shop, so she took Tyson with the pram, and Archie and I stayed with Lewis because he wanted to play in one of those little playground things in the centre of the shopping malls, you know. Mm. And it was surrounded by parents, and so I stayed there with him and he went in. And he developed this thing, because we'd just been toilet trading him, he developed this thing that he knew we couldn't stop him wetting himself. And so if we told him off or took something from him, he could see this as a, it was his way of having some sort of control, where he'd just look in the eye and wet his pants, you know. And <laughs> oh, so it was no. like... <laughs> And so Tanya had gone off with all of the nappies and wipes and everything in the pram, in the bottom of the pram. And I was standing there with just my backpack and Lewis. And he's got in this fight with this little boy. Like they were trying to fight over one of these little ball mazes things. So I ran over and I took him away and I was like, Louie, Louie, cut that out, mate. And, and then I saw in his eyes and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's standing right in the middle, middle of the, you know, um, the play area with the plastic flooring or rubber flooring, and you just see this darkness creeping down his pants. Massive puddle of piss right there. Probably a dozen or so mums and dads around the outside, filled with kids. And all I had in my backpack was an old footy record, which, you know, like kind of vinyl covering. And so I'm standing there, this kind of fucking walls of shame around me, and I'm just like putting the footy record on top of him, like he's a cat who had just made a mess on the floor. And luckily there was a woman there who came over with a... a, (laughs) <laughs> cloth nappy and gave it to me but oh my god that was one of the was... humiliating days where I thought I could give this up right now <laughs> but then on the other side of that so this is one of the good moments was when I, I, when I took Archie out to learn how to ride a bike he would um, it was I had to encourage him and he'd get really upset and if it didn't work out and and so I was expecting that again so I took Lewis out and started taking him around concrete path that went around a football level and I thought I was going to go through all this same stuff again but as soon as I put him on the bike and I told him that I said to him like once you can get the pedal around once and stop that's a massive thing that's exciting if you can do it once and I started I said well count every time you can get the pedal around once and for the first day for about an hour he just went around getting half a pedal foot down you know and he did that all the way and then he'd get angry and he'd get off and he'd kick the bike but then he'd just get straight back on it again and go again and again the next day we came out he actually ended up getting one pedal around and you know yeah we were excited and then, by, I think it was about the third day, he ended up getting two or three in a row and then just sort of took off, wobbled all over the place and was riding. And it was, it was one of those things where you look and you think, because I was always worried he was going to be so stubborn and, um, and fight against um, anything that looked like even advice as a form of attack on him or something, that I didn't know what was going to happen. How's he going to go to school and everything? But that sort of showed to me that that's what I was calling stubbornness was a kind of resilience. Mm. That he just kept putting that pressure on himself 
and despite getting angry and everything, he just kept getting back on the bike and he basically did it all himself. I just walked behind him saying something every now and again. And so, I don't know, I was just, when he took off and started riding his own, it was just one of those thrilling feelings where I saw his sort of personality in a different light and also saw that, shit, his future's probably going to be okay because he's got that. When he sets his mind on something, he's going to get it done, you know. So, yeah, that was one of the great days. Thanks, Clint. Some uh, hilarious insights from a very experienced stay-at-home dad. I was actually fascinated by his response about the Australian Institute of Family Studies research. So this led me to calling Jenny Baxter, who is a senior research fellow at the Australian Institute of Family Studies, to ask her about her findings or their findings of the low number of only 70,000 full-time stay-at-home dads in Australia. Sort of what do you think... uh... Is it just a range of factors that kind of uh, need to change to, to see it increase, do you think? Because obviously you, you think of factors like women are probably now getting better opportunities at work and then there's yep. also opportunities to more opportunities now to work from home as well if you are um, yep. a dad. So, you know, you'd, yep. you sort of would think it would be uh, increasing, but... Mm. yeah. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the research overseas is finding that it, it is increasing, albeit slowly. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about these sorts of contextual factors sort of explaining that increase, you know, and we're not seeing it. But, um, yes, yeah, certainly uh, sort of the increases in employment opportunities and I guess, you know, interest in by mothers to be back at work and to be sort of maintaining a career and so on, that does... Uh, allow some opportunities for parents to sort of renegotiate how they do the caring. Um, so that uh, I mean, that opportunity is there. So I guess the, I think the financial factor must be uh, a significant one in many families. Um, but I think the whole area around um, gender norms and parenting norms and who does the parenting and who does the breadwinning, uh, there's still... Um, that those those gender norms are still there in Australia, and I think they still do factor into parents' decisions. Um, sort of, for some, it's it's a bit of a. I think even for mothers, it's a bit of a wrench to sort of say, "I'll go back to work full time, and you know, and I'll I'll allow you, the dad, to to be at home and do the caring." I think some mums may not want to give give up the caring role, and likewise, some dads may not actually you know want to give up the the role as um, sort of being the full-time worker, you know, even if those parents, when you ask them, you know, would it be okay um, if the dad's at home as a primary carer, would the children be okay? Most parents say, yes, that arrangement is fine and the kids would be fine. So parents are kind of supportive of it generally. uh, But when sort of it comes to themselves and their own uh, situation, um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not clear whether those sort of gender roles have moved sufficiently that parents are kind of willing to think about and talk about having different arrangements themselves. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I find it quite interesting. Um, I was just going to say maybe do you think, um, you know, stay-at-home mums uh, have very similar roles to stay-at-home dads? Okay, so... We did some analysis comparing the time use and sort of sharing of childcare of stay-at-home mums and stay-at-home dads. So I guess asking that question, are stay-at-home mums really 
a stay-at-home dad. It's really just like stay-at-home mums just kind of reversing gender roles. And we've found uh, they're quite different. Um, and I guess what then, you know, we've found that sort of still mums are involved in the childcare and the housework and stay-at-home dad families um, to a fairly significant extent, whereas stay-at-home mum families, dads are spending very long hours in paid work and mums really are the ones primarily doing those sort of in-home tasks. Uh, but what really explained it was when we looked at the house, what the characteristics of stay-at-home mum families and stay-at-home dad families are. So they're, they're kind of not the same. Stay-at-home mum families are very much more about uh, families with young children. So it's, you know, typically, you know, mum leaves work and, and, and is at home to care for a baby and um, for the next couple of years and then sort of will gradually return back to work. Whereas for dads, more of, more of the dads, uh, stay-at-home dads, had older children. So, they, um, so it's sort of when childcare demands are less um, and so sort of the, re the responsibilities of parents might be quite different. So they're not about sort of helping bathe the children and feed them. They're more about driving children to... Um, after school activities so they're quite different so it's a little uh, yeah, it's, it's not um, so straightforward to compare them and and of course I guess I'm always at pains to say we are generalizing average averaging out here so there I think what would be what is quite interesting is to think about those dads who are at home with the very young children and there just aren't so many of them in the in the census or or any any of the data collections that I look at, so that you you know you're not able to fully look compare like with like, um, and I guess you know we we don't want to um, minimise the importance and the value of those families you know where dads are able to take some time out of work and be a stay-at-home dad with young children and contribute to the parenting in that way, um, and that that would be interesting to compare how those stay-at-home mums and stay-at-home dads. Uh, look in terms of their roles and responsibilities and they're probably much more similar um, than we think sort of when we're comparing them in aggregate they look quite different just because those the, the families themselves are at different life stages Hi this is Luke's father and you're listening to Father Figures Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. back to Father Figures on Sin Nation. Uh, we're just past halfway 
um, about 10 minutes past, and, and that was Australian band The Reels with Kitchen Man. I thought it was pretty appropriate for our stay-at-home dad's episode, plus my dad loves that song, and so do I. Before that, we heard from Jenny, and, and I think I do tend to probably agree with her that stay-at-home dads are not the norm, and gender roles certainly still exist in society. But I think tonight's dads on the show, even though they're a small sample size of only three, are showing that being a stay-at-home dad or a part-time one can be brilliant and you can do a good job of it. Let's hear from our second stay-at-home dad. So I spoke to Tristan, uh, and he's a stay-at-home dad in Darwin. He moved from Broome to Sydney and now Darwin for his partner's work and study. And he was a registered nurse, and it was easier for him to get time off work whilst his wife finished her specialist studying. So this meant Tristan became a stay-at-home dad, and he's got a little boy and girl. And and so your partner, you know, was happy and supportive of the decision, even though I guess, um, you know, she misses spending time with the kids or as much time as yeah. you do. Definitely, yeah. She she really misses it, um, but she also knows that you know um, the risks of waiting another you know three or four years until she'd finished her training. Um, you know, it's so much harder to get pregnant. There's uh, you know um, more health risks. And um, so we we sort of prioritise having a family um, over over sort of her finishing the training first, and you know it sort of probably prolonged her training a little bit because she had to have a bit of time off after obviously each of the kids. She had three months off after each of the kids was born. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it just made just made sense really, and I was always keen to do it, so it was a pretty easy decision. I think the hardest part was. Um, once she actually went back to work, that was when it really hit home. And, um, it was, you know, it was going to be a, a, a difficult process every Monday morning, getting up and going to work and leaving the kids. Um, our first boy didn't take a bottle at all, so that made it a, a little bit more difficult too. So, you know, I guess while we were planning it, you don't think of these things as being hurdles, but um, that made it tricky because it meant I had to take um, him into work two or three times a day. To, to, to breastfeed because it was the only way he would take it, um, get his milk. But uh, it, it, it worked out all right. Yeah. Lots of good communication, I think, helps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you had to uh, go into work with the, with the kid. So um, did you, do you think you ever envisioned being a, um, you know, a stay-at-home dad when you were growing up? Um, yeah, well, my um, dad was a very hands-on dad and, uh, my mum used to work away for two or three days at a time, and so just about every weekend for quite a few years, um, our dad was was it, um, and that's just the way it had to be. And so having very good parents as role models, I think, definitely um, made it an easy decision for me, and I'd always been keen to be a very hands-on dad. Um, it's been a bit harder than I would have anticipated. It's not the easiest job in the world, that's for sure, but it's definitely it, it definitely... Has, has paid off and um, you know my wife's now finished her specialty training our kids are still little enough that they won't know about that time when you know the mum was away a lot for work um, and uh, once they're a bit older she can spend a lot more time with them because you know she'll she'll have done everything she needs to do and can maybe work part-time and um, have a bit more time at home with the kids you know do you ever get I guess you know do you feel a bit isolated or or lonely, um, and you yeah, know. Yeah, 
the time the time that I was in Sydney was probably the hardest because you know we're from the country and um, suddenly going to a big city, um, being a stay-at-home dad where I didn't know anyone, um, that was very isolating. And it's not like you can just sneak away for a fishing trip on a weekend in in the middle of Sydney. Um, so yeah, it's definitely isolating. And I I found the longer I did it that you really need to make an effort to join parent groups or to try and make friends with people that have kids of a similar age because if you don't have that social outlet then it can definitely get isolating and that can be very frustrating yeah yeah and I'm such an outdoorsy person and a doer that was probably one of the hardest things for me mm-hmm. so did you yeah. you did attend some you know parent support groups or any ones that were you know specifically towards you know dad support groups i guess um uh probably social media sites is where i've gotten most of my dad support from yeah you can just uh be a, a little bit anonymous and have a bit of a vent i suppose um <laughs> and uh there's um there, there's lots of them out there you just need to search for one that's in your area i guess um we've only recently moved to darwin and that's my project at the moment is to start looking for you know, your family groups and I guess stay at home dads groups and that sort of stuff that'll you know make it a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, social media has always been a great place to start for me um, meeting people. And um, when we were in Broome, it was so easy because you just you know so many people that you, it, it's easier to be social and to um, go into go into groups because you'll already know someone when you get there. Um, whereas somewhere like Darwin will probably be a little bit more difficult, but that's all right. It's all, you know, part of the adventure. And yeah, talking about your friends, do, what do you, what do you all your friends think when you you were like, I'm going to be a stay at home dad with a? Yeah, they thought I was going to go fishing every day, and <laughs> they thought it was going to be a good laugh. <laughs> Usually, I would ring them about three in the afternoon and say, "What are you doing? Come around and hold his child so I can have a shower and make dinner, please." And it was great. It was good fun. It was it was good because a lot of my mates who didn't have kids. Um, would come around and yeah, they would you know bounce the kid and we would have a beer and a laugh while while I was trying to get dinner ready or something. And it was it was definitely helpful. Um, having a few friends with kids is always beneficial as well because they understand when you say you've been up all night to like you'll feel your pain. Thanks, Tristan. And uh, let's get to our last dad, Sam. Um, and he considers himself a part-time stay-at-home dad. Uh, he's a dad to a two-year-old girl and he's gone back to work a few days a week for financial reasons, so he was spending originally more time at home. Uh, he also produces an excellent podcast, Human Ordinary, in his spare time to keep himself busy and get an outlet, I guess. Um, but And because his partner still works full-time, his parents can help with the daughter and they also use childcare. Here's Sam. You did kind of envision uh, a little bit growing up, I guess, or uh, being that stay-at-home parent. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. From, I mean, bef- certainly before I even met my partner, like it was something that I wanted. Um, yeah, like I, I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad. I wanted to be, yeah, the primary carer or or, or whatever you say. Um, yeah, so absolutely, you know, through from. You know, early to mid twenties, it was always something that I wanted. Mhm, mhm. And it mm. hasn't changed, hasn't faltered. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's probably it's probably a lot 
you know, he's a lot tougher. He's certainly got a, an idealised visage of what it might be before you start to do it. But, um, you know, because, I mean, you know, it can be tough. I mean, some days, you know, she's great and everything works and there's not a problem, but then other days, you know, you're, you're out and she's too tired and she's hungry and she doesn't want to do all these activities that you planned and, you know, you just have to end up sort of, you know, going home with a with an irritable child and then you become cranky yourself. And I think early on, uh, you know, I've always been uh, prone to having a bit, of, uh, a bit of a temper. You know, so early on I, um, I found it a lot harder when I was first doing it. Uh, you know, I remember once I, I was out the backyard and just having a bad day and she was actually asleep at the time, but nothing was going right for me. And um, I think the wind blew over the uh, the clothes horse while I was outside and so I just like, picked it up and I just threw it against the fence and, you know, that broke and it sort of <laughs> the fence and all that kind of stuff. But it was just, you know, because it's that, the frustration, I guess, and, you know, it can... It, it, it can be difficult, certainly not. Um, you shouldn't sort of look at being a stay-at-home dad through rose-coloured glasses because it's, um, you know, it's a, it can be a tough job. You know, but at the same time, you get everything. I guess it's like everything that you imagined it would be is there. It's just that you never imagined all the hard bits. And uh, so you've got to add that to what you imagined. Did and did you ever get bored? Like, did you ever did you ever get bored? Um, and I guess how you balance getting a keeping that life outside of your of your kid. Did you ever get bored being a dad? You know? Well, yeah, and when when you mm. you're staying at home, you know, with the kid, is, and is that why it's important to have you know other things going on in your life that isn't being a dad? Well, yeah, yeah, and I and I do. Um, there's uh, other podcasts that I do um, called Human Ordinary that uh, that keeps me very busy. So that's that's my thing. Um, that's that's for me. So when you know when my daughter is in having a nap during the day, then that's what I'm doing. I'm working on the podcast. Uh, you know, night after she goes to to sleep. Um, you know, most of the time that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working on my podcast. So so I do have that. Uh, and I got to say, when she's awake, no, I definitely am not bored. Um, you know, because it's, um, you know, and actually, I think you you're more inclined when you're a dad to do things. Well, certainly I am. Um, you know, if I mean before Maeve came along, you know, I was quite lazy um, and I wasn't as proactive, and I didn't have as much drive as I do now. So, you know, if I if I was at home by myself, I'd be just content to, you know, sit around playing PlayStation, you know, for, for most of the day. But, you know, Maeve came along and, well, my PlayStation's been in a box out in the garage for, for the last two years, you know. So now that when we're sitting around, we do something, you know. We we might do some drawing or we play the Play-Doh or we go out for a walk or, you know, we'll, we'll play the guitar and sing songs and, you know, you end up doing more because I think you want your child to be active and to grow and to play themselves. So, yeah, I think you find any means necessary to to, to fight any boredom that might creep in.
And any advice for any other, you know, dads that are going to want to become stay-at-home parents or? Um, yeah. Oh, advice. God, I don't know. Like, you got to – self-care is a big thing. Like, do something for yourself. Um, doesn't matter what it is, you know, and you might – might be hard to find time to do that thing for yourself, but it's really important. Um, allow your partner the space to do, um, you know, her thing as well. Um, if uh, you know, because if you need to do something for yourself, which might be, I don't know, if if it's me, it might be sort of, you know, going down to the pub and having a few beers and and watching the footy. That might be my thing. So in order to do that, my partner's got to, you know, pick up the slack at home. So you've got to realise that it's a two-way street. So you've got to give your partner the same thing from time to time when when they need it. Um, you know, that, uh, that certainly, uh, you know, allows you to keep on working on your relationship. Um, so that's a piece of advice. Don't, really don't take yourself too seriously. You're going to fail. You're going to do things that are wrong. So you need to deal with that. Uh, and just get on with the job. Um, I don't know what else. Like, be open, learn. Don't think you've got to figure it figured out. I think it's a very male tendency to think that we that we we can be good at anything like really quickly. Um, you know, that we're always good at stuff. We're competent at everything straight away. And if we're not, then it's like a sign that we've failed as a man or something like that. I think you've got to sort of get rid of that, that sort of idea. Thanks, Sam. Uh, some really positive stories tonight from our three dads. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to them. I think it's great for dads to experience the hands-on aspect of parenting. And, you know, if you aren't simultaneously working and you are doing the full-time stay-at-home, uh, I've learnt that it's good to have a hobby and, you know, or join a support group to stop you going from completely insane. Um, and there are undoubtedly more support groups for mums, but more and more are becoming available for dads. So I know on a previous episode we learnt about the Australian organisation The Fathering Project who set up dads groups through schools and, um, you know, even tune in next week and we'll be talking with Luke Martin who helped create two campaigns with Beyond Blue for dad support and advice. So, you know, two of our dads even on this episode met at a dad support group um, and then of course there's always blogging and social media so and you know your, your other friends so I guess like always at the end it's always hard for them to generalize and and despite what is the norm in society it, it will hopefully change to see more dads take greater involvement at home with their kids um, because tonight we've we've learned that they love it and they can be good at it. I guess money is always a factor, but interestingly, tonight's dad's decisions to stay at home weren't purely financial. Uh, they all had hands-on fathers as well, um, who challenged gender roles, and, and all three said doing what's right for their family came first. So I think we can all agree that whether you're a mum or a dad, staying at home with the kids is a hard job. It can be tiresome, isolating and stressful with no time off. And that's not nothing to do with gender, it's to do with the role. And of course, there will be unique stresses with being a stay-at-home dad, but from what I've learnt tonight, dads are capable of being brilliant stay-at-home parents and they do love it. So thank you to all our guests. And another interesting theme has been explored. I've enjoyed it, but no Father Figures episode is complete without our favourite segment. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? No. No. 
Nah, no way. Yeah, not really. No. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? Oh, no. Nah, no way. Oh? No. Not really. <laughs> no. No way. No. 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 Not particularly. <laughs> does your dad think he's funny? Of course. Yes. Yeah, he really does. Yes, I think he thinks he's hilarious. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Does your dad think he's funny? Yeah, he does. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Doesn't every dad? Yes. Yes. Yes! Is your dad a fashionista? What's that? A fashionista. He loves his fedora. Oh, yes. Aren't they all? He thinks he is. No way. Nah, he dresses lame. Certainly not. No way, Jose. Jeans and joggers every day. A Crocs cool? Hell no. He tries to be. Oh, he thinks he does. Nah. Does your dad say things that annoy you? Every day. Almost every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what? Oh, yes, actually, quite regularly. Yeah. Every day. Always. Yeah. Uh, does your dad say things that annoy you? Yeah, quite regularly. Yeah. Yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we had three dads on tonight, I could only choose some of their best answers to the toughest of tough questions. We even had two dads tonight say they were guilty of the high hungry I'm dad joke. So it's that's a very popular one. Uh, I think I've heard that from now five dads on Father Figures. So I think perhaps I'll release a poll of the most common answers at the end of the season. Yes, yes, I think I will do that. So stay tuned for that. But Funnily enough and surprisingly, these questions can sometimes be the ones that dads find the hardest to answer. So I think maybe they're just unaware of their sense of humour and fashion sense changing. Uh, nonetheless, some cracking answers tonight. Have you got a favourite or, you know, a go-to dad joke, Tristan? Well, my favourite's actually one that I have loved before I became a dad, and I think it just meant that I was actually destined to be a dad, and it's an oldie, so your listeners have probably heard it before, but it's the story of the uh, television antenna that married the satellite dish. The ceremony was terrible, but the reception was fantastic. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Oh, it's pretty dad. I don't mind that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a freshie for me. So. My, my wife always said it's a good dad joke when I'm the only one laughing at it. I mean, if you're after a, if you're after a short and reliable one, it's, you know, I love the, uh, you know, if anyone sort of says, you know, like, oh, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and you can go, oh, hi, hungry, you know, I'm dad. <laughs> you know, that's the, uh, I think that's the reliable one. But, uh, you know, there's a, I've got a longer one for you. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so, so, so a guy walks into a bar, he walks into a bar with a giraffe, big, long, big giraffe with a, with a big, long neck, walks over the bar and says, I'll have, I'll have two pints. He sits there and he, and he drinks one of them and the, the giraffe drinks the other and once that's done, they have another and they smash that one and then another and then another and then another. They have quite a few pints to this guy and the giraffe. And the guy and the giraffe, they get up to leave and the giraffe just falls over. He's had too much to drink. And the guy just walks out of the room, just walks straight out of the bar. He doesn't even care about his mate left behind. The bartender goes, oi, 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 you can't leave that line around here. 
He goes, mate, it's not a lion, it's a giraffe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You, you, you delivered it very well. Um... <laughs> well, uh, because cause I've delivered many times, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> but I, 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 I like that. I think that's a classic dad. Yeah, right? that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Um, and a and a dadism. I call them dadisms or a dad saying. I guess. Dad is dad saying. Um, I don't know if I've got too many yet because I think my daughter's probably too young that uh, that I haven't really started. But God, I can remember. I can remember when my dad would always be. You know, I'd say something's not fair. Oh, that's not fair. And he'd always reply, yeah, well, life's like that. <laughs> Which, where, now I think about it, I, mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like a very depressing sort of thing to say to a child. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess it, there is a lot of truth in it. And maybe that's the, uh, uh, that's probably the greatest dadism of all. It's just the, uh, you know, the, the reality that dads can sort of cut to the chase and just, speak to the reality of life and don't sugarcoat it. The thing I always do, and I don't know why I do it, I used to do it with Danny before I had kids. If I'm driving the car and I take a corner, you know, even really, really slowly, I'll just be like, took the corner like a machine. And <laughs> funny, I'm going to say it more often than I think, because now that I'll, sometimes I go around a corner and I won't say anything, and one of the boys will go, took the corner like a machine. You know? <laughs> But I don't know if that's a dadism. Yeah, that's just a bad. dadism, yeah, for sure, definitely, yeah, especially when your kids are starting to repeat it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hopefully I don't turn them into hoons. <laughs> um, any dad fashion? I always wear beanies, um, look kind of dorky. Another dad fashion I have is, this is going to have to change because Archie's in high school now and he's starting to have his mates turn up before school and everything, but I'll basically get out of bed with just jocks on and do most of the morning routine. 10 minutes before I have to drive the kids to school is when I put pants on, so that's a pretty dad, um, dad fashion, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting to the point where it might not be appropriate for me to do that anymore. I might have to start putting pants on as soon as I get up. I've had a lot of laughs with the dads this week. Thanks, guys. Um, so now it's my turn before I say goodbye. I've got a little theme with my dad joke of the week, uh, or maybe a theme just gives me an excuse to hit you with three beauties. These are all animal related and, and best used during the zoo outings. So, what do you call a fish with no eyes? A fish. <laughs> and what do you call a magic dog? A labracadabrador. <laughs> and what do you call a cross between an elephant and a rhino? Halifino. Ah, geez, it was really trying pretty hard to get those out without a laugh. Um, but I did have a little laugh. So my dad is in this week. Well, I've got two because they are both as common as they are contradictory to each other. And these ones involve dad's significant others as well, the mum. So the first one is ask your mother. Dads often say this when the answer is no, but, you know, he doesn't want to tell you and he tries to take the easy way out. He often says this, you know, on the couch watching TV, ask your mother. Um, and now the opposite is don't tell your mum. And this is when Dad has made a decision, but it's highly questionable. And yeah, his secret is probably safe, as long as he's doing something awesome with you. But, you know, now Dad can be susceptible to blackmail, uh, so don't tell your mum. Uh, I love these two sayings, one for either occasion, depending on Dad's mood. Um, and wrapping up with embarrassing Dad fashion, 
This is inspired by tonight's dad, Clint, who loves lounging around the house in jocks, but I think it's your own home. Go for it. Uh, but some fa- fathers, however, love showing off the dad bod in public, so uh, they go to the beach or the pool in Speedos. Usually this will make your kids embarrassed. In fact, I think Speedos are guaranteed to be hated by your kids. Made famous by dad, Tony Abbott, as a good example of how to mortify everyone. Uh, Here's a little list of adjectives I've compiled for the male swimwear. Speedos, budgie smugglers, which is now in the Oxford English Dictionary. Dick togs, banana hammocks, sluggos, nut huggers, weenie bikini. (laughs) The list just goes on. Um, If you do love wearing the swimsuits uh, that, um, you know, are quite revealing, uh, why not enter the competition for Australia's most ordinary rig? (laughs) Run by Budgie Smugglers label, uh, finalists will be flown to Sydney for the gala event and the winner claims customised swimwear adorned with photos of them. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um, Criteria includes being able to launch a child off your shoulders in the pool, so time to show off that dad bod in some speedos, dads. And on that note, it's time to say goodbye for another week. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. The podcast will be up sometime in the next few days. Jump on Facebook, sin.org or iTunes and search the Smelly Farter figures. If I'm organised for... Um, I am organised for next week, so we'll be talking about expecting dads. Yes, dads to be. Jump online to stay in the loop about our Father's Day special when I know. Finally, a warm thank you to our wonderful guests on tonight. I loved it. I'm going to leave you with Nikki D and Daddy's Little Girl. Tell your dad... Tell your friends, tell your friends' dads, and tell your dad's friends. It's Victor's dad. You've been listening to another episode of Father Figures on Sin Nation. Daddy's little girl, but not the girl that daddy knew. Daddy never had a clue of what it's